Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 180. Thriving Relationships Part 2. Last week, we dove into Part 1 of The Key to a Thriving Relationship, which I believe is sacred sisterhood, hands down. I have been coaching women and facilitating transformational retreats for women all over the world for a very long time, almost 15 years in this industry. And in my own personal journey and all, and on my client's journey, that what I see as the most transformational piece for romantic relationships is learning how to have really healthy relationships in all areas. And of course, you can practice having healthy relationships everywhere at work, with your kids, with your friends, with your um, colleagues, with your romantic partners, dating. There's so many places for us to practice. And I love this word practice because it really is a lifelong practice learning how to relate with other humans. When you think about it, think about all that's always happening inside of you, especially before you get on a growth path, before you have self-awareness. We walk through the world filtering everything that happens around us into like we process everything through this filter that sees the world through these limited false beliefs about ourselves. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I don't matter. I'm not important. And these I'm worthless. Some of us carry, uh, or I'm too much is another one. There's so many of these limiting beliefs that we carry. And we start to filter the world through this lens from a very young age, as we get conditioned to be who we're not, right? We get plugged into the school system. We get plugged into the matrix, I like to call it, um, the matrix that pulls us away from being who we are and programs us to be something other than our nature, to be good girls, to do everything right, to do everything perfectly, to check all the boxes and follow the rules and make sure that everyone around you accepts you and approves of you. So this is where we come from. And we're programmed from such a young age to be so far from ourselves and to believe all these crazy bullshit stories about ourselves that we're not worthy, we're not lovable, we're not good enough unless X, Y, Z. And our saboteur spends our whole lives chasing all of these things outside of ourselves to feel better and we never get to feel better, right? And so we relate with humans all around us. It, I, I think, could there be a more important skill on planet earth than relating and having relationships? Every single thing we do, I mean, I know there's robots and AI and all that crap now, but for there's still relate relating is still a big part of the world we live in, right? Everything we do has we have to interact with other humans. And most of us are relating and building relationships from our saboteurs. 
And so when I work with women and we start to unpack their lives and what feels out of alignment, when they start to get to know the magic of their own souls and their own hearts, and they start to feel how free they could be in their lives. You know, when I, I have retreats in Greece, um, as most of you know, that I do one to two times a year called the immersion. It's not really a retreat. It's like a crack you open and and uh, awaken you to a whole new you. So the immersion in Greece, and also I have a program called the reclamation. And in these communities, the most deepest part of the transformation that I've witnessed over the years, and I've been coaching for a really long time, almost 15 years, I've been facilitating workshops and retreats and coaching. And over the years, I have seen that the biggest part of the transformation for women is actually in the sacred sisterhood. And I know that all of my clients will agree. It, this is hands down the most important part to healing. So why is having sacred sisterhood the key, the number one key to having thriving relationships? Because when you are full from your sisterhood, when you feel seen and understood and appreciated and adored and celebrated and supported and fully met by the women in your life, you you feel you, you're fully satiated. So then when you're out there dating and you're building relationships, you're not doing it from an empty cup. You're not trying to get someone to be everything to you. And we talked a lot about this last week. And yet most women that I work with, when we start, realize that their saboteur is who is in relationship with their friends. And as they come on a journey of evolution with me, what ends up happening is one of two things. Some people evolve with them, right? So a woman will come back to her friend circle and she'll be more expressed than she was before. She'll be more boundaried. She'll speak her truth. She'll stand with and for herself. Her heart will be more open. She will be more in alignment with who she really is. And some of her friends will fall away naturally as mine did. This is what happens on the journey. You may have already experienced it at this point. And some evolve with her, right? They evolve or dissolve as we go through our transformational journeys. So this is what happens. And the beauty of it is there's nothing to be afraid of because the people who fall away aren't actually aligned with the truth of who you really are when you start to learn who you really are. But most of us are still operating from our survival mechanisms that we learned as kids, right? Most of us are still operating from those survival mechanisms because we believe deep down inside that we're not worthy, we're not lovable, we're not good enough, we don't matter, we're not important, we're not, we're worthless. And when that is at the core of you, and that is driving your choices, your behaviors, your friendships, your relationships, your dating life, your work life, I guarantee you don't feel very good on the inside. So learning how to transform and alchemize your friendships, your sisterhood relationships, and how to keep expanding into communities like the community I have in the reclamation program, like the communities that Catherine has in her programs. When you start to expand into new places and experiencing new things where you're around people who are on a similar journey to you, you will feel so met. And you will start to experience relationship in a completely different way. And there are five sacred relational foundations that need to be in place in order for you to have healthy, thriving relationships. So last episode, we talked all about how the saboteur shows up in friendships. And now we're going to talk about how you can bring what I call your heroine into your relationships and your friendships. Sisterhood is a great place to start, and you can start to practice this in your relationships. And if you don't have a community of thriving women, 
go join one. Inflammation community, we, our next round isn't until um, September, but it's a community that's always growing. And even when we're not doing a live round, it's always available. Women are in there in the group, supporting each other, connecting with each other, building relationships with each other, go to yoga classes, go to workshops, go to weekend workshops or retreats, go places where your heart feels drawn, right? New parts of yourself that you're ready to meet, dance classes, anything you feel drawn to where, and, and naturally what's going to happen is the more you open to experiencing new things, the more you will be energetically a match to healthy, thriving relationships. And knowing how to have healthy, thriving relationships is a big part of it. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to go through the five sacred fundamentals, which also can be applied to romantic relationships. So knowing how to have thriving relationships is a critical skill. Yes, right? Like relationships are all we have. Literally, the world is built on relationships. Maybe not for long, but at least for now, we're still relating with other human beings you know, we go to the store, you go to a coffee shop, you go to um, a movie theater, you call a customer service line, we are relating all day long. And so I would love to equip you with some tools on how to have really healthy relationships. So the first key probably won't surprise you because the whole new, new truth podcast is based on this premise. And um, the first key is the most important thing to have any any, any, any healthy relationship. So this is essential when you're going on dates. It's essential when you're in a new relationship. It's essential when you're married or in a long-term relationship. It's essential in friendships. It's essential everywhere at work. This will totally change your life. The first sacred fundamental of relating is sovereignty. And sovereignty, what does this even mean? A lot of a lot of women don't even know this word. Sovereignty means I am a sovereign being and I take full responsibility for myself, right? If I am a victim to the world around me, if I'm a victim to what's happened in my life or what I've experienced in my life, if I'm a victim to other people, I'm complaining constantly or I'm gossiping about other people's behavior, I'm just wanting to be right. And I'm not taking responsibility for my side. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're still a victim to say your friend did something or said something and you're holding resentment towards them and not talking to them and, and a victim to this story. Maybe you've told some of your other friends about this story just to prove that you're right, right? Victim mentality is the opposite of sovereignty. So sovereignty is being able to, and it, and it takes practice and it takes self-awareness and it takes knowing your saboteur, you know, survival mechanisms. And it takes having a healthy relationship with yourself in order to build sovereignty, right? This isn't something that will happen overnight, but sovereignty is being able to take, not only just stand on your own two feet, but to also take full responsibility for how you feel, for what's happening inside of you. So instead of holding on to the belief that other people need to be different so you feel better, right? Let's say you're in a friend relational dynamic where someone that you're friends with is really controlling and they're always telling you what to do and it bugs you so much. Sovereignty looks at looks looks like, okay, so we have this relational dynamic where my friend is really controlling and often telling me what to do and giving me unsolicited advice that doesn't feel good. So how can I take responsibility for my part? Well, in our relational dynamic, what's my role? What do I do? What's my saboteur archetype? So if my friend is a controller, what does that make me? 
probably a self-sacrificer, I'm willing to guess, right? <clears throat> Maybe a shapeshifter. You are not taking full sovereign responsibility. You're putting the blame on them because you don't feel comfortable. So sovereignty looks like wanting to take a step back and to look at what role am I playing? Self-sacrificer, over-functioner. Okay, what practices can I put in place so I'm making sure that I'm taking care of myself and I'm not giving from a place of depletion so I don't feel resentful later, or I'm not taking someone's advice and implementing it if it doesn't feel good, right? So sovereignty looks like taking full responsibility for your experience. If someone, something someone else is doing is hurting you or doesn't feel good, sovereignty looks like I get to communicate that to my friend. And that's going to be one of the steps as well. But sovereignty looks like I'm going to communicate that. Hey, Brenda, I noticed when you said X um, that it, it really just didn't feel good. And I'm imagining maybe you didn't mean it personally. Maybe you were stressed out. Maybe you were, and then you check it out. Is that true? I notice, I imagine, is that true? Uh, and Brenda gets to share her side. You get to listen, you get to hold space. Now you're creating intimacy, right? Cause you're actually letting her in and then letting her know how you feel, how it felt and how, what the impact is. So that's having sovereignty. I'm taking full responsibility for how I'm showing up in our relational dynamic. I'm, instead of if my pattern is to isolate and shut down, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to share. I'm going to open up. I'm going to let you know how I feel, but not from a place of blame, not from a place of, I need you to be different. So I don't feel this pain, but from a place of taking full responsibility for your pain. Does that make sense? So sovereignty is the first one. When you can clean this up, this will change every facet of your life. When you can stop being a victim to your life and stop being a victim to everything that's happening and stop putting everyone else's, making everyone else wrong or making everyone else responsible or even feeling like you need to be rescued. That's what I used to do when I was in my saboteur. I was a shapeshifter people pleaser, but I also felt like I couldn't take responsibility for my feelings because they they felt too scary. So I would call my friends and want them to rescue me and want them to make me feel better rather than learning how to be in relationship to my feelings and learning how to soothe myself, right? It doesn't mean you're soothing when you're in so you have sovereignty. It doesn't mean you're alone on an island. Sovereignty doesn't look like isolation. Sovereignty looks like radical responsibility for everything that I'm experiencing, that I'm feeling, knowing that I can communicate differently. I can leave situations that aren't aligned that I can, um, that I can stand with and for myself. When you are sovereign, you are responsible for yourself and this will change your whole freaking life. So uh, no longer sourcing from outside, but taking responsibility. So let's bring that into relationships and dating. Same thing, right? If I'm not sourcing, if I'm not looking for someone else to make me feel good about myself and I'm sovereign, I have sovereignty. So I'm taking full responsibility for my inner experience, for my life, for my pleasure, right? So that's a great place to have uh, sovereignty and romantic relationships is not to look to your partner to fill you, but to actually fill yourself, right? To actually learn how to take responsibility for, for your pleasure, to fill your life with things that are pleasurable to you so that you're not looking to them to fill something for you. Because even if they do in the beginning, that's not sustainable long-term right? Eventually the well will run, run dry and you'll either look over there, the grass is greener, or you'll blame them for your pain or you'll blame yourself versus taking full responsibility for how you feel. 
So sovereignty is taking radical responsibility for yourself, your inner world, your life, and what you are experiencing. And again, I'm just touching on each one of these points. Catherine and I do the work that we do so that women can be independent, sovereign, can start operating from that place of that well of endless self-worth that lives inside of you. We have been taught to do the opposite and we have designed programs to help you do exactly that. So if you want to reach out and find out more about how to really learn how to live from a sovereign place, reach out to one of us. That's why we do what we do. Um, because women are so disempowered in relationships and all of us are when we are in our saboteurs, when we are in our survival patterns still as adults, everyone's chasing getting our needs met and we're chasing feeling better and we're chasing all of these things, but we never get to really feel good. Right, if feeling good in your in your um, female friendships looks like going out and getting wasted every weekend, and then feeling like shit for five days after, that's not really feeling good, is it? I imagine your heart is starving for something more meaningful. So, sovereignty is the first one. The second one is vulnerability. Vulnerability. And what I've noticed over the years of working with women is it is mind blowing how many women have these close friends who they've been friends with for 20 years, 30 years, and they don't have real vulnerable conversations. Now it's not your fault, but vulnerability is the absolute key to intimacy. Into me, you see. You cannot experience intimacy with anyone in your life until you know how to be vulnerable, how to actually let someone into your heart. Vulnerability looks like sharing your truth right? Sharing what's underneath the layers of story. So in the first point, we talked a lot about blaming and gossiping. I talked a lot about that also last episode and how so many women relate from this place, right? We bond over gossiping. We bond, think about how messed up this is. We bond as women over backstabbing everybody else. Like how horrible <laughs> if that if you're still stuck in the trap of relating and bonding with women to but through gossip, I promise you that is hurting you. And that is not building true intimacy. In the moment, it creates closeness. It creates a sense of trust. It creates a sense of a false sense of trust, of safety, like, ooh, this person must importance. It 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 uh, activates importance, like, oh, I must be important to her. They must like me better because they don't like that person. They're talking bad about that person. So I'm glad that they're not talking bad about me, which they probably are, right? Let's be honest. If someone's gossiping about everyone else, most likely they're gossiping about you. But this is how most women bond. Most women bond through freaking gossip. That is crazy. They're backstabbing each other. And we learn it, right? We learn it on shows like The Bachelor or movies, even fairy tales, like everyone's fighting for the guy. Everyone's like taking out their next door neighbor in order to win um, and stealing each other's partners. And there's so much toxicity around female relationships. So that's the old paradigm. The old paradigm, women need community. I shared this in the last episode. We thrive in community, in collaboration. We need each other. We've been, women have been working together since the beginning of time, supporting each other, raising children together, growing together, singing together, celebrating together, uh, in ceremony together since the beginning of time. 
And now women are alone in their boxes, raising their families alone, getting on the phone and gossiping about each other, going on social media and comparing ourselves to each other. And we are starving for real relationships. We're starving for intimacy. And then we go on dating apps thinking that's where we're going to get it, right? Do you see how connected sisterhood and solid relationships with women is to dating? Like if you're starving to be emotionally intimate with someone, of course, you're going to go on a date and try and get that from someone else. Um, you know, if you're in heterosexual relationships, you're going to try and get it from a man. And there are men who are emotionally attuned, but you know, they're fewer and farther between. It's certainly possible, but one person should never be your source. The same is true in, in female friendships. One person should never be your source. You're your source. The universe is your source. You plug into yourself and you plug into the community around you and you are supported and held by so many. And now you can thrive in your life. So vulnerability and truth are essential, right? The New Truth Podcast. How can I have a deep, loving connection with someone if I'm not vulnerable? And if you have a hard time being vulnerable in romantic relationships, well, here's a great place to practice. So vulnerability doesn't look like, oh, okay, let me give you an example. I'm thinking of a client who used to, when she first went through divorce, a year before she met me, she spent an entire year talking about how much she hated her ex to all her friends and talking, gossiping about him and putting him down and being stuck in the story about what happened and how much of a victim he was because he hurt her so bad or she felt so hurt by him. <clears throat> so saboteur's version of connecting would be, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that one asshole, blah, blah, blah. He's this, he's that. Gossip, gossip, putting someone else down so you feel better momentarily because your friends are going to most likely agree with you and they're going to put the other person down with you. And in that moment, your saboteur feels like, yeah, I'm winning. I've got some, some sense of revenge in this moment because I'm talking about my ex and my friends are all agreeing. They're all cheering me on that he's an asshole and I'm right. And he's wrong. And so I feel better momentarily. However, this is a false sense of feeling better because do you actually feel better when you leave your friends when, when you're in these gossip circles? No, you don't. You feel horrible. You, In fact, you probably feel worse. Why? Because you just took gasoline and poured it all over the fire, right? The fire is the story. And if you pour gasoline on it, the story gets out of control and now your house is burning down. And you're like, why is my house burning down? Because you're pouring gasoline on the fire. So a different way to bring a conversation like that to your friends would look something like this. Hey, so this thing just happened and you just share the facts, no emotional interpretation, no meaning making, just the facts. And when he said this thing, here's how it felt. I felt really let down. I felt really sad. You know, what's underneath that is I really feel like I don't fucking matter. Like he doesn't even care. Like I'm worthless. Like I don't even matter. And then you actually feel and you let yourself be met there. That's vulnerability. Vulnerability is what's at the core. What are you believing about yourself? What is the meaning you're making? What is the truth? What are you feeling underneath all of that? And here's the secret. When you're on a healing journey, you will learn that when you feel in, when you're in these contracted places, most likely most of the time, it's a young part of you that's believing that you're stuck in time. 
This is a young part of you that's feeling contracted, that's making meaning of someone else's behavior, and that's internalizing it. And in that moment, a healthy friendship, your friend would meet you there and say, I love you. I see you. I hear you. Tell me more. And we'll hold space for you and actually be able to witness you in it and love you in it and then remind you of the truth right? So vulnerability and truth is essential to healthy, thriving, not just friendships, not just sisterhood, but romantic relationships. That's how we build intimacy is learning how to let people in. But let me tell you, if you're not intimate with yourself, if you don't know how to be vulnerable with yourself and how to actually access what's really going on underneath all these stories you're believing, then I guarantee you won't be able to create that in romantic relationships. So again, time to do some deeper healing and deeper learning about yourself and all your survival patterns that have been leading your life. So that's number two. Number three to secret or the sacred relational fundamentals is reciprocity. Reciprocity. And reciprocity is really an energy. But you know, it's it's hard to have reciprocity when you are in a saboteur friendship or romantic relationship, because when you have reciprocity in a, or when you are in a saboteur relationship, there's always one person who's giving more and one person who's taking more, right? There's the over-functioner and the under-functioner. There's the self-sacrificer, rescuer, savior, and the, the one who's completely shut down. There's the one who's the best listener, but never shares anything. That's the isolator. There's the controller who's like, always needs to be in charge, always needs to control what's happening, but then feels deeply resentful and unsupported because nobody else is helping, right? Whatever role you're playing, if you are in your saboteur, in your relational dynamics, I guarantee you, you're not experiencing reciprocity. And so this is where so many women are looking at their friendships going, oh, it doesn't feel equal. It doesn't feel equal. It doesn't feel fair, right? I do everything. They do nothing. How many of you have heard a friend say that about a partner? I'm so deeply resentful. I do everything at home. He does nothing. Well, why does he do nothing? Because in the beginning of your relational dynamic, you did everything, probably from a place of trying to get liked, trying to get accepted, trying to get approved of, trying to fit in, trying to get loved, right? These are all, it's it's all these limited beliefs underneath that are running your saboteur behaviors. And now you're, you're developing your friendships and your romantic relationships from that place. So you're never going to feel equal. It's never going to feel reciprocal reciprocity is reciprocal energy. It doesn't look like, well, I talked for five minutes. So now it's your turn to talk for five minutes. It doesn't look like that. It's not calculated. It's not, it's not scripted. It looks like it feels like an equal exchange. It's a feeling. So how many times have you gone to hang out with a friend, a woman, uh, it could be a man too, but I'm, I'm thinking of a sister. You go to hang out with a woman in your life and maybe it's someone new. Sometimes this happens more with new people because we're able to access more of the truth of who we are when our saboteur dynamics aren't at play. So you go to meet someone new and you leave and you just feel so alive and you feel like you shared about yourself. They shared about themselves. You supported, they supported, you celebrated, they celebrated. It was just this energetic exchange that felt reciprocal. It's like a fluid moving energy between you, right? It's not one's bigger, one's smaller, one's getting more, one's getting less, one's starving, one's full, right? It's reciprocal. It's energetics. 
So those relationships are the healthiest where you feel equally nourished and you are equally nourishing, right? You're equally supported, equally supporting. And that is essential to have any healthy relationship in romantic as well. And it doesn't have to be apples to apples, but just that you feel nourished and they feel nourished, that both of you feel fully met in this relationship. That's reciprocity. It is essential. And when you learn the first two, right, and the last two, reciprocity is a lot easier. So when you learn how to have sovereignty in your life and how to take full responsibility for yourself, your feelings, your experience, what your life looks like, everything. Once you learn how to take radical responsibility and you feel sovereign, you're a sovereign woman, you're vulnerable, you're open, you're speaking your truth, you're honest. Now, all your relationships are going to feel a lot more reciprocal because you're coming from the truth of who you are. And when we're relating from a soul place, it is reciprocal. I actually have a belief that we'd all be compatible if we were operating from our souls, but most people are operating from their saboteur ego, inner child that's wounded. So we're not, we, we have so much conflict, but when a woman, when a, a group of women, doesn't matter how old they are, what the age range is, where they come from, when they get into um, the immersion in Greece and they sit down with me and by the end of the week, they're all in love with each other no matter what, because they're relating on a soul level. They're also seeing each other's pain. They're seeing each other's vulnerability. They're witnessing each woman's saboteur start to shatter and they, they're connecting on a deep, deep level with who that woman really is. We are all freaking compatible from this place. So learn how to be more sovereign, take responsibility and be more vulnerable and truthful. You will naturally start to attract people who are the same and you'll get to experience more relationships in your life that are reciprocal, that feel reciprocal. So number four, number four is open communication that you, it is essential. I mean, God, this should be number one, but I think the other ones are super important to even be able to have open, clear, honest, transparent communication. If you don't have good, healthy communication in any relationship, it's impossible for a relationship to work. Right. If you have friendships where you feel scared to speak your truth, or you are you're spend all your time complaining and blaming, or or judging, or putting each other down, or you don't know how to have healthy communication and healthy conversations, which is everything in relationships. Like communication is the most important key to a healthy, thriving relationship. Right. But if you don't know how to be sovereign and own your shit and own your pleasure and own everything. If you don't know how to be vulnerable and truthful and honest, and if you don't know how to experience reciprocation, you're not going to know how to have healthy, clear communication, right? You have to know yourself. You have to know your truth, to know your pain and to stop blaming the world for it so that you can share when it's essential to share, but to let your friends know, hey, here's what's going on. Um, you know, last week you didn't text me back and we had plans and I imagine this is the, this comes from a nonviolent communication practice. Notice, I imagine I feel there are three steps. I teach it in depth in the, in the, um, reclamation course, but it's all about activating your queen and learning how to live from your queen. But this is such a powerful tool. I notice is whatever's inarguable. It's just the facts. So I noticed last week you didn't text me. Okay. That's a fact. That's not an emotional interpretation. That's not a projection. That's a fact. 
I imagine you were super busy and you got busy with the kids and you just totally forgot. Is that true? Now you get to check it out with your friend and they get to say yes or no, or I forgot, or they can tell you they're mad at you or whatever's really going on, right? They get to share their side. And then you get to share the impact. The last step is, here's how I feel. Here's how it felt. So I totally understand that you were really busy. I get that. I know you've got a lot on your plate. And I just wanted to let you know, like, I, it didn't feel good. I felt I felt like I didn't matter. I felt like I wasn't important to you. I, I, I know that's probably not true, but here's how it felt. And next time I would really love it if you could send me a, shoot me a text over and just let me know. And having said that, you can communicate that powerfully and clearly and your friend may or might not send you a text next time, right? Because ultimately we have no control over other people's behavior. We never do. We never will. So that is the, uh, an example of clear communication, knowing how to communicate from sovereignty and from vulnerability and truth. If you don't have those two things, you can't have healthy, clear communication. So. This is number four, learning how to communicate and how to speak from the truth of who you are and how to speak from your queen is going to change all of your relationships. Obviously, this is a very essential thing in romantic relationships. And they say that the most important element of a romantic relationship is not is not to not fight or the it's not the goal is not to not fight or not to have conflict come up, but it's how you repair the conflict, right? You're, you're going to get triggered in relationships. I'm experiencing it in mine now. That's, you know, we've been, it's a two-parter. I've talked to you about it on different episodes, but I've been now with Patricio for a year with him in my life. We took a little break in the middle and things come up, right? Activations happen, triggers happen, and we have to work through it. And that is the most important thing, knowing how to take responsibility for our side, how to be vulnerable and just share how we feel instead of attacking each other, and but actually being able to share what's really going on on the inside and how to have a healthy, clean, clear, honest conversation about it. And every time we do, it deepens our intimacy. So if you want to have intimacy in your relationships, you must know you must need sovereignty, vulnerability, and clear communication. So fifth and final, the fifth and final sacred relational fundamental that's so important in sisterhood relationships and female relationships is celebration. And I would say this is essential in romantic relationships too. Celebrating your partner, sharing, you know, celebrating little things, big things, celebrating your sisters. And guess what? Celebration starts with being willing to celebrate yourself, right? So many women are like, oh, I can't. We've been taught to not brag and to not boast. Men can. Men can brag and boast till the sky falls, right? But women have been taught to repress that. We're sugar and spice and everything nice. So keep it together. Keep your knees shut. <laughs> but this is essential. Knowing how to celebrate ourselves is everything. Mama Gina, Regina Thomashauer, who wrote the book Pussy, her work is revolutionary. Freaking love Mama Gina. She calls it bragging, the art of bragging. And she teaches her clients how to do this. And I love it. It's essential. It's everything. It's a game changer in relationships. So in my sisterhood relationships, when one of us has a, a business win, a personal win, a relational win, an individual win, it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's not even winning. We celebrate the shit out of each other. We constantly reflect the magic, the power, the gifts, the beauty of who we are from a deep place, not from a place of like superficiality. 
right? But we deeply see each other and we celebrate each other and we also celebrate ourselves. So when I have something exciting going on or something I'm really proud of, I call my sisters and I celebrate first and they celebrate with me. This is life-changing the art of celebration, celebrating yourself. You can buy yourself gifts. You can take yourself for dinner. You can buy yourself flowers. You can celebrate yourself for no reason. This is why I think birthdays are so important to, to actually allow ourselves to go big and shower ourselves with love and celebrate ourselves. Like we spend so much time berating ourselves and putting ourselves down and being hard on ourselves and looking at what's not enough. What's not enough. What's not enough. What's not enough. Right. And then we do it to each other. And then we hurt each other. We tear ourselves down. We tear each other down. Women have been tearing each other down for a really long time. And let me tell you, the patriarchy taught us how to do that. Patriarchy taught us how to do that. Women have been in competition. We've been competing. We've been jealous. We've been comparing ourselves to each other. When a woman is thriving, she's representing a part of you, right? So if you experience jealousy or um, envy or comparisons with other women, start to look through the lens of celebration and admiration and appreciation and inspiration, right? Start to shift your focus in that moment. Like, what do I really appreciate about this woman who I'm jealous of? What am I admiring about her? What is she representing that I'm moving towards, right? I used to be really jealous of women who are sexy and sensual because mine was so repressed. So I'd be around them and I'd be uncomfortable. And I feel like a kid or a boy or something, not a boy, boys are very sexual. I'd feel like a kid or like a young, but anyways, <laughs> and I used to be so jealous and it's because they were simply reflecting a part of me that was repressed. So every woman is your mirror, right? Let yourself fall in love with the women in your life. The more you can fall in love with every woman you see, like one of the celebration tips that I love, that I love to do myself is compliment um, like compliment overflow where you just see a stranger with a beautiful dress or gorgeous eyes or amazing whatever. And you tell her, you celebrate her celebrations, celebrating women, women, celebrating women will change the world. Imagine a world where women are walking around feeling amazing about themselves because they've been so celebrated. This is one of my favorite parts of my reclamation community. Like I said, you can join anytime you can get access to the modules anytime, but the reclamation journey is about really learning how to become the sovereign woman, the heroine of your own story, how to no longer be a victim of your life, how to take full responsibility. So you are thriving in your life and you feel amazing and you're surrounded by amazing women who celebrate the crap out of you. This is my favorite part about the reclamation community. There are like over, there are uh, over a hundred women in the community right now and they celebrate each other so deeply. They support each other. Every time a woman has the vulnerability and the courage to get on video and share what's going on for her, every single woman is like, oh my gosh, you're amazing sister. I'm so proud of you. I'm celebrating you. I love you. Let's get on a call. They are so connected and so supportive of each other's journeys. And when someone's going through a hard time, same thing. So celebration is everything. It's medicine that women need. We need more love. We need more love. And do you know how good it feels to be the person who sprinkles fairy dust everywhere, giving more love to every woman she, she interacts with? 
compliments, like let them pour out of you, not fake compliments to try and get something to try and get someone to like you or get someone's approval, but actual genuine, like, wow, your eyes are amazing. You are so beautiful. I say this to Greek women all the time. Um, poliomorphy means beautiful. And I say it to Greek women all the time. It's so sweet because I say it in their language and they're like, what me? Oh my, and there's, it's so touching for them. And let yourself touch other women, let yourself touch, let yourself share and celebrate yourself so that you get to feel that energy too. It is infectious. It is contagious. We are starving for it. You know, when you're going on dates, trying to get approval, trying to get the guy to tell you or the woman or whoever to tell you you're lovable, good enough, worthy, like, oh, I just want him to tell me how beautiful I am. Can you imagine walking through the world, being surrounded by women who are just celebrating the crap out of you? You no longer need that when you're on dates because you're getting it everywhere and you're so filled up. Do you feel the power of this? So sovereignty, take full responsibility for yourself in your life, vulnerability, start being really honest with yourself, get a journal, start writing down like, okay, here's the story. What's underneath the story? What am I believing? What am I afraid of? What am I feeling? Connect with yourself on a deeper way. Well, how old do I feel right now? Okay. Now you can get to your vulnerability, bring that to your friends, share that instead of complaining and gossiping and just telling the story. And then reciprocity, be like, be in relationships that you feel, feel nourished by, that you feel fed by, that you are nourishing, you're feeling nourished, that both of you are vibing. That's energy. That's life force. You get to share it with each other. You get to thrive together. Open, clear communication is number four, honest, truthful, transparent communication. And number five is celebrate the crap out of yourself and celebrate the crap out of each other. This is how to have thriving relationships. All of these are applicable to romantic relationships and certainly to sisterhood and female friendships. If you want to learn more about the reclamation, I'll link it below. You can join anytime. The sisterhood's always there. The modules are always available. There's workbooks, there's meditations, there's music playlists, there's all sorts of things to start to wake up all these repressed parts of you. So you can take full responsibility for your life. So you can start to feel good. You can start to thrive. You can start to have sacred, powerful sisterhood in your life. So you're showing up on your dates and your relationships, feeling fed and nourished and not needing anything. Now you'll be able to see clearly when you're dating. Now you'll be able to choose partners from a much different place when it's not your wounded little kid and your saboteur in charge, but you are a full woman who's sovereign, who's, who has a great full life, and now you can choose a partner from a much healthier place. So this is everything to the key of thriving relationships. Check out the reclamation. Get on a call with me if you're curious about exploring. The next uh, group session starts September 1st. There's one going on right now, so you can hop on to the tail end. But the community is always there. We just go through the modules together as a group three times a year. And once you're in, you're in for life. It's a pretty epic deal. So you're in for life. It's an amazing community and would love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to the two-part episode. If you know a woman who needs a little bit of help in her sisterhood and her relationships in her life, and maybe she's operating from her saboteur archetypes, share these episodes with her, spread the word, let me know what you thought, sending you so much love. And as always, Catherine will be back next week. We love you so much. And thank you for listening to the new truth and helping us spread the, the good word all over the world. Um, it's so fun for us to see where in the world we're popping up. We've been popping up in really cool countries lately. So thank you for listening. We love you and we'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. 
for more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.